Hi, everybody, and welcome to the NDSC podcast, a place to share ideas for future and new management doctoral students. I am your host, Jose Cerecedo, and in this episode, our very first episode, you will hear a nice group conversation I had with four friends of mine, all PhD students or incoming PhD students. We all share with you some insights from our own experiences in our doctoral programs. We're planning to record more episodes soon and share with you more content that can help you and guide you in your PhD journey. Thanks again for being here with us. Grab a pen and paper or get your phone ready to take some notes and enjoy this episode. Thanks everybody for being here. I'm excited to to try this out. Right, this is a, a new project, a new experiment. Uh, this is a a tryout, and, and, and let's see how it goes. Um, again, the, the goal with this with this podcast and everything we produce here is to help uh, PhD students, current PhD students, maybe especially in their early years, and incoming PhD students, and maybe people that uh, is thinking on getting a PhD around in, uh, in management. So everything we share here is with the intention of being helpful, uh, presenting different resources or, or things that we, we wish we knew or that have been helpful for us. So I want to introduce everybody that is with me here today. We have uh, different PhD students from different programs and an incoming PhD student. So please, uh, if uh, uh, you want to present your name, the program or the university you're at, uh, how long you're in the program, what year, and what are some of your research interests? Joseph, I mean, you can go first. Okay. Um, my name is uh, Joe Schaefer, and I am currently a third-year PhD student at the University of Mississippi School of Business Administration. I'm getting my PhD in management. Uh, my research interests include uh, entrepreneurship primarily, and then organizational behavior. I look at the, the intersection between the two. And more specifically, I'm looking at venture failure, affect and emotion, goal orientation, and subjective success factors for entrepreneurs. Nice. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Urmi. Um, hi, I'm Urmi um, Chaudhary. Uh, I am a second-year PhD student at uh, University of Massachusetts in Amherst in the Eisenberg School of Business. Um, I work in strategic management. My research interests are essentially organizational learning and uh, uh, the different mechanisms of uh, knowledge transfer and how that affects uh, performance outcomes like innovation. Nadine. Hello, my name is Nadine uh, Schultz. I'm a second year PhD student at King's Business School at King's College London in the UK. And I'm specializing in corporate entrepreneurship. Uh, specifically, I'm looking at how the organizational context can empower and encourage employees to uh, work on their own ideas, initiate them and implement them. Yeah. Thanks, Nadine. And Debbie. Hi, everyone. My name is Debbie Osias. I'm an incoming PhD student at Auburn University at the Harvard College of Business. I'm currently interested in um, entrepreneurship, management education, and of course, uh, human resources and organizational behavior topics. 
Nice, thanks. Uh, well, I think I didn't introduce myself. I'm, I'm Jose, a second year PhD student at the University of Texas, San Antonio, mainly focusing on entrepreneurship, especially around the intersection of entrepreneurship and ethics and moral decision making, and a little bit of innovative uh, strategies to teach and learn entrepreneurship. Those are kind of like right now my, my, my areas of interest. I, I feel like uh, I change a little bit uh, while, while the time goes through the program, but I think I'm, I'm getting closer to my to my dissertation proposal, so I need to stick with what I'm what I'm deciding. But I, I really like those two topics, and that's that's what I I think I'm going to specialize in. Okay, so thanks everybody again for for introducing. Uh, we have so we have two well three persons that are currently in a in a U.S. program, and then we have Nadine that uh, she she's in in UK, and Debbie that is also coming into the a U.S. a U.S. type university program, so that's gonna give us a little bit of uh, different ideas or, or 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 points of view to contrast, and I think that's gonna be super helpful. We want to start this kind of like first episode with the very basics, you know, and and wh why a, a PhD in management? How did you come to the decision? Why the program you choose? And a little bit of what's been that experience in the early years. So the, the first thing I think uh, I would love to to share with everybody that will be hearing us is why you chose to pursue a PhD in management and how did you kind of like come to the decision and then a little bit of share something that when you came into the PhD program, you didn't know, but now it's like, oh, that's like a very basic stuff that if I knew at that time, that would be super helpful. Like, so a little bit of piece of advice. This is some of the very basic stuff that I didn't uh, know at the time, but it, it would be super helpful to know uh, if you're an incoming or a PhD in your early years. David, this is going to be super helpful for you, but maybe something that you've learned also in this application process, right? That now that you're about to start your program, you say, oh, this is really, it's a key knowledge nugget that I can share. Okay, well, I'd be happy to answer that question to start. I ultimately decided to pursue a PhD while I was earning my Master's of Business Administration at the University of Southern Indiana. So I started the program. I was really excited. I was learning a lot about business. But by the time that I was done with my MBA, I found that I hadn't learned a lot of what I wanted to. It was relatively surface level. It was very practice-oriented. And so I was, I was kind of caught wanting to learn quite a bit more about what I had already learned, but I was at the end of my program. So what was advised to me was that if I want to learn more about these topics, I'm going to have to pursue a PhD. And so that was what I did. I ended up choosing the University of Mississippi Management PhD based on the research interests, based on the curriculum in particular, because it was going to allow me to learn what I wanted to explore a little bit more, which was primarily organizational behavior, something I didn't know in a piece of advice. So my wife actually already has her PhD in a different field. So I had a relatively good idea about what earning a PhD would entail, but what I didn't know based on my conversations with her was the fascination and almost fetish with publication in management because her field is not like that. Um, her field was is much more geared towards education and a little less towards research. So what I didn't anticipate 
was how much of a research focus that PhD programs in management would have. That's not an inherently good or bad thing. It just is, it is the nature of this field. And so uh, a piece of advice, I suppose that I would give would be to learn kind of the, the more implicit rules of success in management and know that they are largely centered around research and publication. Again, that's not good or bad. It just, it is. Uh, thanks, Joel. I think uh, for me, I, we have a very similar paths. I'll talk a little bit of mine. I also was midpoint of my MBA at Arizona State University. When I came into my master's, I, I thought I was going to go into industry. I was an entrepreneur before for six years working my own business. So I had the, the idea of, okay, I'll work maybe at a tech company in Silicon Valley or something like that in the U.S. for a couple of years and then go back to Mexico. At the middle of, of my MBA, a couple of personal issues that I needed to stay at, at Arizona, at Phoenix, and I couldn't move to have my, my internship at Silicon Valley. So I ended up working for the Center of Entrepreneurship uh, at Arizona State. And by working in the university and being more involved with the professors and the work they did there, I kind of like got in love with that idea of becoming a professor, doing research. But it was not until I started asking my professors, hey, I'm interested in a PhD that I really knew about that research intensity it would take, right? So for me, it was, oh, I'll, I'll teach classes. I'll kind of like do some, develop some business cases. I had the very master MBA experience, right? So I thought that was being a professor. And then it was that I learned the research intensity of the degree that is very particular to management. I agree. Super interesting. So I'm just going to jump in because I think my journey is a little bit different. So when I graduated from my master's degree at the University of Manchester, only after like I got in touch with my current supervisor because she really liked my my thesis topic, etc., which kind of yeah, so we got in exchange and I was uh, continuing to work for her as a research assistant remotely for the following five years until I kind of had this, I don't know, research interest. Um, and I proposed it to her and we chatted uh, about like another topic. And then she said, OK, why don't you do um why don't you do a PhD? Because then she moved from Manchester University to uh, King's College London. And I said, okay, I'm just going to apply. So I just wrote a proposal, applied, and then everything happened. So that's basically how I came to a PhD. It never really came across my mind to do a PhD ever because I'm a real entrepreneur. I'm also been working in startups after graduating and before doing my master's. Um, so yeah, it was naturally just the, the research topic, which really excited me. And I think the PhD provides a very good uh, framework in doing your passion, like, you know, living it, do your research because you can basically design how you want it. So that's what, what I really love about it. And um, the things of advice, I think, for me, as because I'm a 100% qualitative scholar, is that I did not know how difficult it is to get access to a company in the area that you want to research. Because uh, the company very much drives you in a certain directions and the pain points, and it very much diverges. Once you start collaborating, companies might, might shift. So it's I think it's very crucial to to have um, to think about more in detail uh, about the collaboration that you want to pursue that also benefits your your research interests um, as an academic. Uh, so I think that's that's something 
maybe not advice, but like something which you really think about it, like more in depth before like starting in the early month in your PhD. And then also the second one, I think, because um, I'm in the UK and particularly in my university, uh, we don't really have a structured program. So we don't really have training um, upfront. Um, so we do, uh, yeah, compile our training program in needs uh, by ourselves. So we can go to other institutions to get training. So I wasn't, when you come from industry, so you do, you're not really aware of what real training needs you get and the quality very much differs in all these um, sessions so that was quite a quite a learning curve which took me a while to to get behind okay what kind of training do I need which training is good how do I get to like you know the best learnings for myself from for my research for it thanks Nadine yes I think something that you shared and, and for me it was kind of like similar on that experience of things that I didn't know about PhD programs was for example the difference between qualitative and quantitative research I came and I thought I, I, I mean, again, I thought I was going to do research on business cases and that was going to be it, right? Or a book, a book chapter. And now you see there's these journals and all these different types of journals. There's different ranking within, rankings within journals. And then you can do different types of paper, qualitative research, quantitative research. So it's, it's kind of like a very big, small world inside of academia. And I didn't know a lot of those, that stuff. And now that this first year is like, okay, now I understand all these different nuances that are around. I mean, you, you can have a little bit of, of knowledge beforehand. If, you, if your wife or a close friend is doing a PhD, if you have a very close relationship to a professor that is involved in research in a PhD program and she or he can share with you a lot of those particularities, but I think a lot of it is you need to discover it by yourself in, in that first year. Uh, Urmi, you want to share a little bit of, of why you chose to, to pursue a, a PhD in management and yes. uh, how you decided and that journey of the decision? Uh, so I'm an international student, so it, it's in two parts or maybe three, because I used to be a corporate lawyer. So for me, the transition to management itself was a transition in itself. And I thought, because, and that was because I wanted to be more on the decision-making than the paper pushing and the drafting part. And that is where I went for my master's in human resources, because that was still more linked to, I think, law. And when I was at Rutgers uh, doing my master's, that's when I was uh, a research assistant and a teaching assistant. So that is where I got exposed to research in the field. Um, and then, of course, the transition happened to uh, PhD. Uh, PhD itself is not alien to me because I think I'll be a fifth or seventh generation a PhD in my family. That's what everyone in my family does. Uh, it's something I was uh, inherently a little scared of because of that. Because I, I think I grew up hearing stuff like impact factor and the reviewers are mean and stuff like that. So it wasn't it wasn't alien, but scary nevertheless. Uh, but I realized that I wanted to go into PhD during my Rutgers days, and I was um, I also looked for program that uh, that had that were working on things that I wanted to work on and I was also largely looking in the northeast area because my husband works out of New York um, and that is where I am right now in Massachusetts is two and a half hours away but I'm not commuting so those were the factors that got into it UMass is a wonderful program and the professors seemed very 
friendly and uh, very helpful and they have been throughout what i didn't know before starting the phd is for us law school is 5 years but i think i kind of forgot that 5 years is a really long time and a lot of things happen <laughs> during the 5 years the last 2 years have been very personally challenging my dad passed away this march um so it was uh, so having to deal with a very very tough program while um, you know things will happen in the five years you know good and bad things so that's the one thing that i think it's uh, just important to have in mind because it's a very challenging program and a long program so you have to meet the expectations that you have from yourself and from the program while we look at everything so that's the one thing i think i discounted heavily before getting thanks for me so i think i'm i'm going to take advantage of a little bit of the what what you touched at 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 the end about umass and the program at umass i think joe you also talked a little bit about already your program but uh, share let let's share a little bit more with the people that is is hearing us why you chose that particular program and how do you go to okay i'm going to okay now i know i want to do a, a phd because this or that how do you go through the process or of which programs i apply to why i'm applying to those programs and then after i apply if i get a, a an offer from a couple of them how did i do i choose between them let's share a little bit of our own particular experiences and see how that can be helpful to people that is listening to us okay well i i very briefly mentioned why i chose my phd program when i was covering kind of my path to the phd uh so i'll reiterate i i chose my program primarily based on the curriculum in the program providing you know education on the content that i wanted to cover but then also due to the research interests of the faculty there i wanted my personal research interests to align well with at least one of the faculty members in my program i was able to find that So I think what I did if I'm remembering correctly I applied to 9 or 10 different PhD programs and I got offers I got responses from I think 3 and I got offers from 2 and so at that point I had to decide do I want to attend you know one of these programs versus the other and that became for me very challenging they're both good programs well recognized the the funding was approximately the same uh when you calculated things like cost of living um ultimately the deciding factor was based on that my research interests better aligned with my current advisor uh Dr. Paul Johnson at the University of Mississippi as opposed to the faculty at the other school I got an offer from I also had a complicating factor in that I was married at the time, still married. We had to find somewhere that my wife could work because I was I was kind of driving our move, but she still had her, you know, professional PhD career that we didn't want to put on hold. So ultimately, me joining the University of Mississippi program allowed her better job prospects than if we if I had taken the offer from the other program. And so between the better aligning research interest and her better job prospects it was a no brainer i i went straight to mississippi and i've been pretty happy ever since it was it was a good choice picking my program based on what i wanted to learn and how my research interests aligned with that of the faculty thanks jo i i love that you made the the remark still married even though i'm i'm through a phd cuz it's tough right i'm i'm married too i have three daughters and It it just adds up to the equation and it makes it a little bit more challenging. But I, I think it's been also great for me and my family. 
I'm going to share a little bit of my experience. I, I, I think I, I wasn't as strategic as, as usual with the research interest alignment. I think one professor told me that, but for me, I didn't. I, I knew I wanted to do something around entrepreneurship, but that was it. I, I, I wasn't able to kind of like know, know what within entrepreneurship, right? So I, it was very general, my interest in entrepreneurship. So I kind of started looking for PhD programs that had that entrepreneurial focus. And the other, the other big reason or, or the other kind of like criteria for me was, well, there were two. Location, uh, a little bit similar to, to the point Urmi made about PhD being long. My dad at the time was battling with cancer and I wanted to be close to my hometown, be close to my family. So I wanted to be close to Mexico in the Arizona, California, Texas area, especially in Texas, because that's that's the closest to my hometown. So geographic location was very important for me. And the other, I think the strategic part I played was, I'm, I'm really into social capital and social networks. That's within entrepreneurship. I really like that topic. So I was at Arizona State at the, at the time doing my MBA, and they had really great uh, faculty there, really good researchers. My, my professors at the time that were teaching MBA classes, I reached out to a couple of them that I was close to them and I had good relationship, asked them about their network and who they knew. They all, they, they made recommendations, right? And they offer recommendation letters as well. So that also kind of like tailored my application to, okay, these are the professors I know and I like, and I like the work they do. So if they are recommending me this place, this program, that's, that's going to be a good option. And I think at the, I applied to, to four programs. I got offers in three and got waitlisted in one. And I think even though I, I didn't apply at, 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 that many programs because that that's what I everybody told me applied to seven eight even ten right because it's tough and it's really tough I think the strategy of leveraging my connections my my my, my social capital my social network with my professors at Arizona State and getting those recommendation letters from them really helped me in my applications right so I had the opportunity to to choose and then once I had three offers on the table it was all about again location, the 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 the, the stipend, and a little bit of it, it's great. Uh, you get usually once you get an offer here in the U.S. at least they usually fly you to meet the the faculty to visit the university, and for me that visit was essential, right? Because you get to to interact with the faculty, with the people you're gonna work with, the department you're gonna be a part of. And, and that really helped me. And, and at, at the end, I decided to, to come here to the U, UTSA because one, they were kind of like in, in, in this critical moment of turning the, the, the department a more entrepreneurship department. And they were hiring entrepreneurship researchers. And I felt like the, the, the department itself was a very close knit. And the other one thing that I felt was essential was I reached out, once I got the offers, I reached out to the department chairs. And the department chair of UTSA was the only one that actually answered me, called me back. And he was, and that gave me like, oh, okay, this is a great place for me. I, I feel like they, I, I really cared about that connection. And that gave me really good, strong signals about the department. And that's why I decided my, my program and, and to be here at UTSA. Well, I'll share my experience. Um, thank you so much for sharing. So for me, um, while I was in grad school in California, um, I attended this conference and this conference was for um, um, like a diverse group of students. And in that conference, I met a professor, a business professor who advised me of the PhD project. 
And the PhD project was founded in 1994, and it is upon the premises of um, diversifying the business schools in America. And so um, they're encouraging uh, Black, African-Americans, uh, Latin, Hispanic Americans, and Native Americans to get into a PhD program. So they told me about the conference. And then so I, I went to the conference in uh, 2018 and met a professor from Auburn University who advised me of her school and the great research that she was doing at the school. And so um, she told me to check it out and, and to um, you know see if the interests of the uh, professors align with my own interests. And so I did that. I took her card. We were at, we were at uh, dinner one night and it was a group of us. They have a conference every year in November where they bring uh, the diverse students who are wanting to go into uh, business school. And so um, she gave me her card and I got a whole bunch of other cards um, during that process as well. And um, I started checking out the schools and I really wanted a school that was uh, committed to uh, the PhD project. So either they, they affiliated with the PhD project and not all business schools affiliate with the PhD project. But that was really important for me because the PhD projects provide support to students, such as um, they cover your AOM conference fees. Um, they cover um, uh, traveling expenses. And it's a really great opportunity to network with people because um, some of us are coming from a different uh, backgrounds that don't necessarily um, encourage us to pursue these uh, things. So it really provides that support where we wouldn't have the support otherwise. So that's how I chose um, Auburn University. It's because I connected with a professor and she advised me of um, the things that she was doing and I, I knew I wanted to go with her. Thanks, Debbie. And, and, and I think it's great you mentioned the PhD project, especially for, I think it's it's for U.S. citizens. Uh, you have to be a U.S. citizen, but if you're in, you're a U.S. citizen, a minority, and you're interested in a U.S. program, I think it's the best resource out there. They're super helpful. A lot of my professors are involved here in UTSA, and they mentor incoming PhD students, and, and I think it's super a great resource, definitely. Okay, I'll go. Um, so I um, applied for like five programs. Um, I did not apply to too many. And I was, as I said, a little bit uh, hung up on the location that I was only applying in Northeast. So New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Mass. And Mass was the farthest away. But um, I found the faculty very, very responsive because I had mailed them all. And besides, you know, my own program, the other programs were not as responsive. Even when I did get an offer, it was just, you know, very formal, just the offer or the call for the interview versus all the questions that I might have had. And that was uh, that was encouraging because I knew that this program would be more collegial. I also knew people in other departments who were here. So I had a feel of how the place was and, uh, and they knew people who were in the PhD program. So I connected with the current students to understand how... Um, the program is, how the professors are. And my own professors in my master's program uh, heavily encouraged me to apply to uh, management programs instead of, say, labor schools, because it just plays out better in the uh, job market, apparently. I'm not entirely sure because I'm not there yet. But um, so those were the factors that I considered. But the reason why I chose UMass 
uh, was because uh, financially they were giving me an extra fellowship on top of the stipend and uh, uh, personally because I, it seemed like the people were very friendly the junior professors were very friendly the chair was friendly the program director was very responsive so it just seemed like a very collegial environment to go into and that's something that i would say if you have multiple offers look into that because again you know 5 years is a long time and you might think that this is what i want to work on like the first topic that i thought i would work on has changed a lot even in the two years and by the end of my proposal it might change further so that's one thing and your interest may change but uh, having that support system is very important thanks urmi yeah i think so for my case um in how i chose the phd program i think there was kind of a no brainer because i was working with my professor already uh as a research assistant so there was basically um just like one really option because i think for me and what i've learned so for my colleagues for my uh, phd peers is that it's quite important to have a good relationship good working relationship with your uh, phd advisor um that they really understand your really motivation and your where your energy comes from from the from the research project really and not really pushing their own research interested um into your project really um so yeah so i basically only applied to kings i just gave it a one shot uh, if it's going to happen if they accept me i'll take it i'll do it otherwise i would go back and stay in the startup uh, industry my choice to do a phd uh, was also dependent on getting funding obviously because it's not possible <laughs> i think for a lot of people to do it without the funding so it was basically coupled also on the funding etc which and eventually got and also i think the program um was enticing because it was not really structured so it doesn't really give you like a like you know like you'd have to do certain courses certain trainings that you really need to but you can do it yourself um that's maybe also because i like it like i like the style because i'm an entrepreneur i like to do my i like to de- design the ways how i work myself um whereas for example some of my other colleagues they might prefer a more kind of um structured program in the first kind of year which for example imperial college london or ucl offer they do have i think five year program whereas i was at kings only four years so they at imperial etc you have like real training um methods course etc and exams in between so yeah it's just i think um if you look at um uh your university your program look at like how it is really structured uh, at the beginning what is the requirements um is it something that really helps you especially what i find that some of the courses um the training programs some of them are really not good at all but some of them are quite good and what i found you need to network you need to ask your peers uh the ones that I attended that were of high quality that was only by recommendations uh, of people that attended those courses thanks nadine okay let's go into our last section or so the goal of this section is have it's three short questions uh, for you to to share with us so it's a current success you can share in the summer this past semester past year uh, a challenge you faced also recently and how kind of like you overcame the challenge and last one a very practical advice you can give to incoming uh, phd's or 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 people that are interested i know we we've already given a lot of advice but a very practical advice that you would want to end your participation here okay so those are the three three good questions uh, success you want to share challenge how you overcame it and then practical advice 
Okay, well, I'd be happy to start again. So a success I experienced, it was actually just yesterday. Uh, I got an email from a co-author that I'm currently working on, and he asked me if I would like to join him and another individual on a revise and resubmit that is currently at the Academy of Management Journal, so one of the elite journals in the field of management. And by assisting them with this revise and resubmit, or an R&R, we typically call it, I get to be on the authorship team. And that was only possible, I would say primarily because of luck with a little dash of skill thrown in. It's It feels really nice to have your efforts and your abilities recognized. And that is in general, one of the quickest ways to get opportunities is to show that you're capable, to show that you're competent. And then, like I said, with a healthy dash of luck, it may just work out. And then a challenge, the challenge that I've been facing most recently was finding an appropriate theoretical justification for a relationship in my dissertation. I think I spent about a month reading probably dozens of papers and trying to write different justifications, looking at all these different theories, and I just couldn't quite find anything that worked just the way that I wanted. And so ultimately, I I had a meeting with my advisor and said, hey, I've been working on this for a long time. I'm stuck. What do you think? And so he gave me some advice. He helped me move past that. So now all I have to do is a few little things and I'm past that problem. Uh, The way that I was able to overcome that challenge was just by speaking with my advisor, speaking with someone who knows more than I do, that's familiar with the content, that has more experience. Then he was able to say, oh, you can get right around this roadblock this way. Typically, the best way to get past a challenge is to talk to someone that knows more than you because they've probably faced that challenge or a similar challenge before. And then finally, a good piece of general advice from my personal experience is to, from the very first day of your PhD, try to stay on top of taking care of yourself, uh, both physically and mentally. Most all universities have some sort of gym uh, that you can utilize. If that's of interest to you, do that. If not, you can go running, do whatever you like. And then many universities offer something like a counseling center where they help support PhD students as they're dealing with typically the significant stress of being in a PhD program. I thought I would be able to handle the stress on my own. For the most part, that was true, but it's always nice to have that little bit of help and a little bit of guidance from someone like a counselor just to say, hey, I'm really struggling with this right now. And they can say, do this, don't do that. Maybe you should try this. It's a good idea to get some outside professional help to help you manage the stress of the PhD program. It might feel silly or feel like something that you wouldn't normally do, but that's no excuse not to do it. All right. Yeah, that was great advice. I am taking it in, Joseph. For me, a success would be getting accepted into a PhD program. It's been difficult and it's been a dream that I've had for many, many years. And um, imposter syndrome, you always hear about it, but it is so real. And the fact that I was able to make it happen this year, um, I'm so grateful for that. The challenge that I'm going through right now is just trying not to do too much. You know, you're excited. This is the summer before your PhD program. You want to read all the articles that you can. You want to browse the websites of your favorite professor and look at their their research and try to, you know, get a a, a heads up. But um, the advice that I've been getting from PhD students and professors is to take it easy because once the work starts, it's going to start. Don't you worry. And so it's been kind of difficult to kind of take my mind off of it and relax and actually enjoy my break before the process. So I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying. Um, Something that I want to leave or um, give to other incoming students 
or new PhD students is don't be afraid to step out there and, um, and do the work, meaning don't be afraid to get involved with the Academy of Management or the SMA conferences before getting into a PhD program. I've been to several SMA conferences and um, again, imposter syndrome always hits because you're introducing yourself as a pre-doctoral student. I didn't know I would get accepted into a university. So I was like, yeah, I'm a pre-doctoral student. I haven't applied yet, but here I am. So don't be afraid because you'll see that once you step out of the box, you'll meet people who are willing to help you, who are able to provide recommendation letters to you or look over your personal statement and kind of give you that extra support that um, some students don't have. And then you'll also meet NDSC members who will help you too, and you can build this community. So that's my advice is to get out there and uh, do the work. Thanks, Debbie. And I, I want to share... All the participants here and this idea for the podcast, it came from the New Doctoral Student Consortium from AOM, right? We are all members in the committee. We're planning the New Doctoral Student Consortia for these years. So that's where we all met and, and that's where this idea was born. And and I, I mean, I, I guess I, I think that's, that's going to be my success. I want to share. I mean, this is one of it. Like finally, we talked about this idea and, and it's happening. And I feel like a lot of, of what I wanted with, with this project was to put out there all these resources that I felt I used or I needed right at the moment when I was applying to a PhD program and to just have a better understanding of academia and what a management PhD looks like. Maybe more related to my PhD uh, success would be uh, similar to, to Joseph. Last week, we sent a proposal for a review we want to do at uh, the Journal of Management. That's like, kind of like my first, I just finished my first, first year. So that's my first project. And we just sent the proposal and it was nice to see the proposal all without edits anymore, just ready to be submitted, right? So that's, you see how much work is behind that. And it just looks like a nice piece of paper with words. But there's so much work behind that, right? That I felt excited about that. My challenge, I'm going to say for me, this was my, I just finished my first year and it was all online. I'm the only person in my cohort, the cohort or the year above me in my program, one, one of the students moved to another university and the other moved to a, a different program uh, within the university. So there's nobody in the cohort above me. And then for the next year, the department with all the pandemic situation got put in the position or you can hire new PhD students or you can fund your older PhD students for another year, right? And they decided to, to fund their current piece. So there's nobody else coming after me, right? So I, I felt very, very kind of like lonely. I'm, I'm super extrovert, social. And so that's been a challenge, right? Uh, like being completely isolated in this first year, my way to over, over, overcome that challenge has been a lot of getting involved in activities outside the school, right? Uh, NDC, NDC uh, also reaching out to tons of different faculty in other universities. I think I, I've, what I've said is, okay, everybody's on Zoom already. So I reach out to a lot of different faculty in different universities. Hey, I love what you do. I'm, I, I, I think we share the similar research interest. So I've connected with a lot of faculty with different professors in, in, in different universities. And I think it, it, it has helped me also develop my, my research network and it has helped me cope with this isolation, right? Uh, and then an advice that I would do is, again, similar to what Debbie said, is get involved as early as possible in, in research conferences, in these type of events, and also reach out. If something that I've, I've also learned this year is, I think faculty and professors are 
I was in the in the business world, right? And they are way more respondent. They, they, they answer to you. They, they are happy to connect. I mean, obviously, there's going to be people that they're very busy. They might miss your email. They might not reach out back. But I think usually you will get a good response. And so try to connect, to grow your network, to just uh, meet different people, right? And that's going to help you grow and going to uh, give you way more knowledge and great opportunities. Uh, so for me, um, the success that I have is paper in the uh, which was accepted at the AOM at the conference and I have finally narrowed down on what my specialty paper for the comms would be which seems really small but it, it's quite big it, it was challenging for a month for that the challenge that I faced is what I said previously to me the moment I came to the PhD program in 2019 was when my dad was diagnosed with cancer and he passed away this March and uh, because again I'm international I had to rush back to India uh, during the COVID times there was a time zone issue uh, because I was still taking courses so that entire period was very challenging and I think that um, what advice that I would give anyone not necessarily facing my unique challenge but anything is uh, to reach out to everyone Um, the issue that happened with say our batch was COVID and uh, so most of us were remote at a time when we didn't really know the people in the department so we would probably not be as forthcoming or have that organic conversation outside the professional field so um, it was challenging initially because they didn't know what was going on I was having trouble coping with everything especially in a new place but once I did reach out to the people I was working with, things immediately became a lot easier because they knew where I was at and they just framed the timeline differently. And it just makes it easier. And I had I had another person in my cohort, but he dropped out after the summer paper. So, you know, everything was even more isolating. So I think that's the advice that I'll give is just reach out to everyone, your advisor, your junior faculty, because they, especially if they're closer to you in the program that they have just been recruited, they probably, they're probably more open to having a personal discussion with you. Uh, talk to your senior students because they can be great mentors in you know people who are in their fourth year or fifth year because they also probably have some projects going on and they can they can sometimes boil things down to your level because sometimes I think the senior faculty have worked on things for so long that uh, that you coming in with no foundational knowledge on things, they often don't realize that, oh, I need to explain it like a four-year-old, with which the fourth year or fifth year might do. I remember after my summer paper presentation, a lot of questions that were asked, I didn't even understand the question, you know, and I felt really stupid. Thankfully, I passed it, but my uh, fourth, my senior students, you know, called me and they explained to me what they were asking and that it was in fact present in the paper, <laughs> which, which I couldn't even figure out. That's how stupid I felt. Um, but so I think reach out to people is the advice that I'll definitely recommend. Thanks for me. I think, yeah, I, I don't really want to, um, you know, repeat everything because uh, you guys already provided so much valuable like insights into success challenges and as well practical tips. What I kind of wanted to stress as, as well is in terms of uh, broadening your network again, but also 
talking about your research or having the opportunity to talk about your research, especially in your really early days and month. Um, because there is, I find there is not much space uh, where you can really, as an early PhD, like present your, your research um, and get like proper feedback because obviously it's super immature. It's uh, not really certain. You have vague ideas. You're going in all directions. It might change again really quickly. But it's still, it's important for your own like developing that academic thinking process. Go, like, you know, going from an empirical case up to the clouds, to the abstract level, going down and understanding all these different spheres. I think that's very, very important. So for me, it really helped to talk about my peers, uh, even if they're in finance or economics, but just really talk about it, get their perspectives, obviously talking to my supervisors, but also reaching out to some other academics and even in, in our faculty, putting on some brown bag seminars where we now talk about, you know, um, our research very briefly. Uh, if it's three minutes, if it's 10 minutes, if it's 30 minutes, I think that that's very, very helpful to, to start breaking that barrier very early on. Yeah, in terms of success, um, what I recently achieved is that, uh, or what I'm proud of, because it was really hard to find a really good empirical case that is reliable and you can really have sustained access um, without, uh, you know, compromising too much on how you can use and uh, present the data. Uh, it's like I secured uh, like a second round of data collection, which is going to be more an ethnographic study, which I wanted to do from very early on. Obviously, with COVID, it shifted several times. It wasn't possible, but eventually I got, I, I get to pursue it. So I'm I'm really happy about it yeah but it's also um, in terms of challenges so, so for me um, when you go into like your qualitative research inductive study you have this idea and then your idea changes because the data the data doesn't tell you like uh, like a story about it so you're going to change your story several times and you go different uh, different literatures all the time so sometimes it's hard to leave a literature that you find very comfortable with um, and you need to explore a totally different like literature that you're not really comfortable with at the, at the very beginning but obviously it make, makes a richer uh, data story and like digital just a better story like you can sell to the academic world thanks Nadine okay everybody thanks again for your time for sharing all these experiences all this knowledge thanks again Well, that's all from us this time. This was our very own first episode, and I want to thank again Joe, Debbie, Urmi, and Nadine for taking the time and sharing their stories. I want to end sharing with all of you, this project has been on the makings for a bit more than a year now, and it's finally out thanks to the help of Jalen Sherrell. She's an incoming PhD student that joined me and the NDSC in this crazy idea a couple months ago, and she has done a great job with the editing of this episode. Stay on the loop for new episodes coming out shortly, and thanks again for hearing us.